Hey everyone, it's Anthony. So I just wanted to take a moment real quick before we start the episode to tell you about something that's pretty cool. Podchaser, which is basically the IMDb of podcasts, is doing their annual Reviews for Good campaign. So throughout the month of April, every review left on a podcast will donate 25 cents to the World Central Kitchen, which is providing meals to refugees fleeing Ukraine. And if the podcast responds, they will double that donation. All you have to do is go to podchaser.com, sign up for free, and leave a review on your favorite podcasts. Our Podchaser link will be in the show notes, and we'll be sure to respond to maximize that donation. So while you're there, don't forget to follow us and check out some of our other podcasting friends. And if you're so inclined, leave them a review too. And as always, if you send us a screenshot of your review along with your address, we will send you a sticker to thank you for your awesome support. So go ahead, head to podchaser.com right now, sign up and leave us a review. It's going to help some folks that are desperately in need. And now on to your regularly scheduled disclaimer. Capes on the Couch podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Dr. Issues is a psychiatrist, but he is not your psychiatrist and does not have knowledge of your individual situation. For any personal mental health concerns, please consult your own health care providers. For medical emergencies, please call 911 or the designated number in your area immediately. Remember that you are not alone and help is out there. Hello and welcome to Capes on the Couch, where comics get counseling. I'm Anthony Sitko. And I'm Dr. Issues. This is a big one for us. This is issue number 150 which is just, I mean, it's mind boggling. And by the way, this is issue, this is issue 150 that doesn't include the mental health Avengers or the creators on the couch. So, I mean, technically we've done a lot more than even that, but this is the 150th in the mainline series, which, I mean, four years ago when we started the show, it was like, yeah, let's see what happens if we do a podcast. Now to hit 150 episodes into have uh, all you wonderful, amazing folks listening to us for this long. Um, I, I know we say it all the time and it almost sounds cliche at this point, but we could not do the show without each and every single one of you. So, uh, you know, we're, we are truly grateful for, uh, for all of you. Yep. We really hope to continue to do you proud. Uh, I know Anthony has, has put in just countless hours at this point with this and I do my best to come along for the ride and, you know, give my little tidbits here and there. Well, those little tidbits are the reason why we have a show. I mean, yes, I do a lot of the, shall we say, administrative work uh, on this podcast, but without your expertise, it's just me talking into a microphone about comics and trying to hit something. And I'm sure, you know, with, there, I'm sure it wouldn't be a complete mess, but it would not be nearly as comprehensive and effective uh, without you. Not to mention the fact that, you know, just doing this with you for four years is pretty freaking sweet. So, yeah, there you go. That's the that's the best part. Just doing these episodes with you. That's that's super cool. So uh, this is an AMA episode. Ask us anything. Well, ask me anything. Ask us anything, so to speak. We have a whole bunch of questions that we received in advance as well we'll also be checking the the live stream because we are live on youtube at this point so hopefully if we get any questions that or comments that pop up we've got uh, a plethora of awesome questions so we're just going to uh jump right to it then the first question comes to us from uh, at mikey geek on twitter 
Mikey hosts a podcast and he said, what is your scariest podcasting moment? For me, I would say it would probably have to be anything technical. I know there've been a couple instances where we have lost audio or the audio sounds fine while we're recording. And then afterwards, when I'm listening to it, there's static, there's technical issues. It sounds muffled or whatever. And so that's when it's a, oh crap, are we going to have to re-record this entire episode again? Which has happened a handful. It happened with the Loki episode very early on. I distinctly remember that. We had to re-record the entire Loki episode and then just bits and pieces here and there. So at least that for me, that's the the scariest moment is just the technical stuff. But otherwise, I mean, I have a blast doing this and it's just that the loss of time, <laughs> the amount of time I spend. I agree that the technical side, full disclosure with how the sausage gets made, including this episode for one reason or another, and it's my fault, but that's not the point. That's always in the back of my mind. But really, if you want to talk about it, it's still this episode, but it's every episode where we're recording and I'm on call. Because what you guys may not know is I still work full time, but I work for a hospital. So if there are certain situations where I have to go into the hospital, I really do have to drop everything and be there in a timely fashion. So that includes right now. So although the audio sounds clean, thanks to the magic of Anthony's editing, I, there have been times where I just said, nope, got to stop, got to go. And we pick up uh, at you know the earliest time we can. So there's always a sense of tension, but I don't want to say scared. I'm not scared. If I was scared, I wouldn't be talking into this microphone even on a live stream right now. So I don't think there's anything that's scary. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't classify anything for me as scary, which, to be honest, I think my third grade self, my eighth grade self, probably my sophomore high school self, but not beyond that. I think all of them would be shocked that I'm saying nothing is scary. The fact that I'm doing a podcast, the fact that I'm talking to a lot of people, and that doesn't bother me one bit. And at this point, I even seek out opportunities to do speaking engagements. That's a huge change for me in my life. So that's that's just an amazing thing. So the scariest thing is just, oh, my goodness, I may have to cut this short because I'm going to get called away. That's it. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I mean, I wouldn't say that's that's scary for me. It is always. There's an awesome responsibility, and I think it comes across that neither of us take that lightly. I know, yes, we're only, you know, in theory, a small podcast, whatever, With and that's not to diminish anything that we do, but, but at the end of the day, we're still speaking about very serious topics. And so I think from that perspective, it's not, it's not a fear. It's just a nervousness, maybe, that we want to make sure that we get this right and that we're not disrespecting the audience. We're not disrespecting the topics that we discuss. We make a lot of jokes in this show, but we never make light of the people and their plights. You know, we joke about the characters, but we never joke about what it is that they're going through. So we got, uh, we got a question uh, just popped in on, on the live stream. Uh, Chris Osborne, a uh, good friend of the show from Play Comics. How does it make you feel that at least one of my cats seems to like your voices? Um, I'm honored, and that's uh, one cat more than likes my voice that live in my house, and and I have two of them, three if you include my wife named Cat. Um, so that's uh, that's it's 
it's a fun question, Chris. Uh, thank you for for that one. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I I don't know what to say about that other than what you just said. I guess uh, I don't know. I've never thought I had a voice for radio, so if I have a voice for cats, then uh, okay. You have a face for radio. Um, oh, I know uh, our our present level patron, Matt, my my friend from college, says that Doc. Your voice helped his daughter fall asleep when she was younger. Like when we first started, his his young daughter, something about the the timbre of your voice and the way that you spoke was very soothing to her. And because he would listen to the podcasts, I guess, like while taking her out on walks for naps and stuff. Yeah. When I'm in true professional mode, I get that a lot from a lot of patients, not just from my voice, but just the way I usually talk to them because I just... Unless it's really obvious, I just do my best to be chill and I hope that comes across. So, all right, I'll take it as a compliment. So next question uh, from uh, from the podcast. I understood that reference. Uh, again, uh, great, great group of guys. Irish, I believe. Have you read any IDW Transformers comics and what are your thoughts? I have read a handful. Simon Furman, I believe, uh, was the, the writer on those. Um, this was again going back quite a few years because um, I, I I was a big G one fan, you know, of the of the cartoon back in the day. Um, I still have an original Optimus Prime, which my son now plays with, and I know that's blasphemous to some people, but I got it as I had all the toys, and then when I got older, I was like, I don't want to play with these anymore. So my mother sold them in a yard sale, and then in my twenties, I was like, I need all my toys back. <laughs> so I found. Uh, the the OG Optimus at uh, like a thrift shop in in like Somerville or Bridgewater somewhere, and so I bought it, and it was sitting in my room in my office for a long time. And my son uh, saw it, and he was like, "That's a truck. I want to play with the truck." So I was like, "Okay, you can play with the truck." So now he plays it. It's a long way of saying I'm a big Transformers fan from way back in the day. I I watched the the original movie. I'm talking the '86. Death of Optimus Prime still makes me cry, et cetera. And then the Beast Wars Beast Machines, which uh, was such an awesome, awesome show. All that to say, my knowledge of Transformers comics is so infinitesimally small that I really don't want to even opine on it. I, what I've read is is cool. The biggest Transformers comic memory I have is the Transformers Avengers crossover. That that little like five six issue arc, whatever it was, the, the little mini series they did, where the Avengers discover the Transformers and they have to fight together because somehow Megatron got involved and there's a whole bunch of stuff with the Decepticons. That's it. Um, that's that's my only knowledge of it. I know we've got some fans that have requested that we like cover the, the Transformers books, you know, or some of the characters. I'd love to. I'll get to it at some point. I'm sure, but that's kind of all I've got. So I would like to expand upon that with nothing. I, I have not read them, so I, I don't really have a comment. My knowledge is purely with the cartoons, including the movie, which for whatever reason, my cold, cold heart just didn't care nearly as much about when Optimus Prime died. I thought it was a sad thing, but just the fact that they came up with Rodimus was really what bothered me. So, 
oh yeah, I, I have a couple of friends who are like, Hot Rod is the worst thing to happen. Transformers franchise, he's the he's the scrappy do of the Transformers and stuff. And I was like, okay, that's like you got some feelings on that. <laughs> so I'm sure I'm sure at some point we will cover Transformers. Doctor Goku says you're talking about my childhood here. Same. Listen, Doc. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm about to be forty. Doc is already there. I know you're in that age range as well. So yeah, we're we're all right in that boat. Speaking of, of Doc Goku, he has the next question uh, that he sent us earlier, which I think was a, a fantastic question. How has doing the podcast changed you? So Doc, I'll let you answer this one first. I'm already an introspective person, but I didn't realize that so many people that I knew would take this podcast as a way to dig into my own psyche. I learned this from my my old college roommate when he came out to New Jersey. He he's also a psychiatrist, uh, but he he came out to New Jersey with with his wife and his kids and and we're visiting family and went over there and he listens to the podcast and he said, you know, it's it's amazing because we have distance. He lives out of state and he said, I love the fact that. I can pretty much get your take on everything from modern society to your own philosophies of life to how you deal with patients, all of it through this one medium, even if I go months without having a conversation with you. And I I really didn't understand what that meant until my daughter started wanting to listen to the podcast. And and now she's getting a little older, so she doesn't always want to, or she lets me listen to other things because I don't want to hear my own voice. But it it really made me appreciate the fact that my voice has value. I know that sounds like a selfish thing to say, but if anybody knows me, like really knows me, they know that I'm incredibly self-deprecating and I suffer from massive imposter syndrome. So it it really allowed me to build a level of confidence when I'm talking about things that I didn't have before. I I really love the fact that I can say things in a way that even if it's not to a patient, even if it's not to a friend, I'm saying it to everyone at large. And if anybody ever wants to quote unquote, call me out on something or say that I said something wrong or whatever, I can have a clean conscience. I know that I was doing the best I could with the information I had at the time and the emotional way I was processing things. So I think I'm doing that at a much higher level than before. So that's that's how I think it's changed me. I'm going to second that and also say that it has changed uh, the way that I view a lot of media because when I'm I'm watching stuff now. I'm much more cognizant of the relationships the characters have, the way that they handle trauma, the way that they handle adversity. And I'm not one of these people who who thinks that characters need to just have like carefree lives. You know, I, I like seeing characters struggle. I like seeing them go through the dirt and hopefully come out stronger on the other side. But it's the way in which they deal with that because I've been doing the show for as long as I have. and because we we do the deep dives that we do it has changed how i view media and how i perceive things it has also made me aware and i've said this all the time that it's made me aware of my own issues 
my own struggles with mental health, my own dealings with, with depression and anxiety and ADHD and think, not just going to therapy and not just speaking to the therapist, which I've done, but also inadvertently this show is therapeutic in a way for me. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's therapy because it's certainly not a replacement for therapy, but it is therapeutic to be able to have these discussions and, and get input in a way that makes me say, huh, you know, I've, I've struggled with this and this is how Doc is recommending that a character handle a particular uh, struggle or, or issue that they're dealing with. And if, it, if it's something that I can personally relate to, then I will say, okay, obviously the in-universe stuff isn't really applicable, but, but to the extent that the out-of-universe treatment suggestions or, or advice is applicable to my own life, then I will take it and tweak it in a way that makes it make sense to me. And, I, and I've mentioned that numerous times on the show, you know, if I'm having an epiphany about something or if I'm having a realization about a particular topic, then I'll go, wow, like this, this hits home, you know, this, this hits me where I live. So in that respect, it's also been a, a big help for me to just help me, you know, come to terms with my own struggles and, and make me a better person, not just for the helping other people, but just my own internal thought processes. So it's a great question. Uh, major, major kudos to Dr. Goku. Like I said, you know, fellow mental health Avenger and obviously someone who very much clearly understands the role of, uh, of podcasting and, and mental health. So the next question uh, is the first of two from our patrons, Matt and Lissy. If you could pick a fictional character to have on the couch, who would it be? Oh, boy. I mean, he, he mentioned in the original question, I just kind of pared it down because he said, if you could have anybody from anime, manga, comics, movies, etc. I just kind of took the any fictional character, basically. Okay, so this is going to be a bit of a throwback to the last AMA that we did, because I think I hinted at it before. I think Brian didn't ask this question, but he basically asked about expanding things. So, yeah, uh, Kenshin Himura from Roroni Kenshin, or the uh, bastardized name for the few anime movies they made, Samurai X. I mean, it also was... An, you know, anime TV show, but the general premise is it is pretty much old school Japan. You have a lot of wars going on. He fought in a war, killed a lot of people, regretted it because of a lot of emotional trauma that he caused for others and himself actually had killed his fiance at the time. He basically says he doesn't want to kill anymore, but he still recognizes that he's such a damn good fighter that he's willing to continue to fight. So imagine a swordsman being willing to use a sword, but not willing to kill with it. That idea carries for so long and so well, it, it strikes home with me because I consider myself to be an incredibly aggressive pacifist, meaning do everything in your power to help humanity that comes before death. And I don't even know if I want to say I want to get him on the couch. I think I want to give him a hug and thank him for even coming up with that premise. And, and you know, it's to me, it's the idea of what would happen if, if 
Gandhi knew that he could kick people's asses as long as they didn't die. But whatever. I mean, there's there's a lot more to it than that. But yeah, that's that's definitely one that struck struck me hard and actually still, I think, shapes my philosophy of what humanity can be. That's how powerful I think that character is. So there you go. I, I do remember you you mentioning that a little bit during the last AMA. So off the top of my head, and it's it's funny, the first character that popped into my head when you were talking about somebody dealing with the struggle and, and things of that nature is Jefferson Smith from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And the reason being is I love that movie. That is one of my all-time favorite films. Howdy, uh, Girls Talk Comics. They said they're swinging by because we have our live stream starting soon. So enjoy your live stream. Obviously, we're not going to be able to join you, but, uh, but best of luck to you. But Jeff Smith is someone who I want to talk to him about the struggle that he went through and how his philosophy was changed coming to Washington, D.C., that this, this incredibly morally centered individual enters a, an arena where morals are fluid. I think I'll, I'll be polite and say that. Politics in politics, morality is fluid. It's all relative. And so for someone like Jeff Smith to stand where he stands and, and have his conviction challenged so hard and so personally, it's not just the, it's not just his ideas that are being attacked. It's him personally. And he is being lied on repeatedly by a machine that just seeks to chew him up and spit him out. To go through that kind of trauma and come out the other side still holding on to those same convictions and not willing to bend. And then to see your mentor fall because your mentor who you previously idolized was like, it was, it was all me. I was, I was the one who did it. I can't, I, I am so turned. I mean, it's, it's obviously a very fictional story because as we've seen, politicians don't do that kind of stuff. Otherwise, Mitch McConnell would have pulled out a gun on oh, the boy. Senate floor Careful. a long time ago. Uh, if anybody's, you know, if anybody could be uh, changed or swayed like that. It, but anyway, I call it like I see it. I just want to talk to him and find out how has that process changed you and not asking if he's going to necessarily change his moral convictions, but is is it going to change how he approaches these kinds of situations in the future? I think that would be um, a, a big question for me to Jeff Smith. And then just also again, because I would be like, also, you're friggin' awesome. <laughs> and uh, I just, like I said, I love that movie. And, and you should all go watch it at least once in your life. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, 1939, Frank Capra, fantastic film, was accused, uh, Capra was accused of, of undermining America and was accused of a whole bunch of communist stuff because he dared show the Senate as a dared show politics as full of corruption, you know, and they were like, you're going to undermine America and this and that. And he was like, but did I lie? Chris, Anthony, I appreciate you pressing those buttons, even though that was one of the most obvious examples you could have used. I mean, I say again, but where's the lie? 
like, like really, I could have pulled any number of politicians, you know, out of the top of my head. But I think when it comes to, you know, someone who's like presented with copious amounts of evidence that like you are corrupt and everything. And he's like, I think Moscow Mitch is definitely up there, but, but I digress. So the next question from, uh, from Matt and Lissy, what are your early comic memories or what sparked your love of comics? So for me, I distinctly remember reading the, and some of you are going to laugh and some of you are going to go, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. Comics that used to come in the hostess fruit pies. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. There used to be these little tiny, like three inch comic books. They were like six, eight pages, really, really small. They were Marvel comics and they would come in like the hostess fruit pies. And so I used to go through those apple fruit pies, like, you know, ridiculous uh, amounts as a kid. So that was some of my earliest uh, readings of comics. I also remember reading of all things, there were, there were Care Bear comics that I read as a child. And my mother was, you know, back in, in the sixties, mid to late sixties was, was very big into comics. Um, she had all the, you know, Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, et cetera. And then as she got older, you know, she lost them or sold them or whatever. And she was like, I always kick myself because I should have held on to those books. They'd have been worth a lot of money and everything. I was like, my, you had no idea. But in any case, that's kind of where it started. And it was just this idea that, um, there were these larger than life heroes and that they would save the day and, and fight for justice and, and the, the right thing and all that, you know? So, so in terms of like the, the comics, that was, that was one of the, the earliest memories I have. And then I remember the 89 Batman came out when I was seven years old, the Michael Keaton version. And I had the, and I think I've spoken about this before. Like I had the giant doll and I had all the action figures and everything. And then in the early nineties, there was the X-Men cartoon, which, which I, I watched like a little bit of, but I wasn't nearly as big into the X-Men cartoon as I was the Spider-Man cartoon, the 94 Spider-Man cartoon. That was, that was a big one for me. So, and then it just, you know, kind of escalated and, and now here I am with the Moon Knight artwork on my walls and the Captain America shield tattooed on my shoulder blade. And I'm like, I'm stuck now. So (laughs) I ain't going anywhere, but so that's kind of, it's kind of my answer. Oh boy. I feel like I'm going to sound like Joker in the killing joke. Like if I'm going to try and remember my history, I might as well make it multiple choice. I don't know if I have every timeline specific distinct memory of what prompted a lot of it i remember really being into superman and the christopher reeve movies and and all that even as a little kid but just the idea that you could merge different mediums is what got me what do i mean by that well i remember reading sunday comics because they were digestible as opposed to reading whole books i didn't really get into reading long form books until I was way older. And I watched a lot of TV for someone that's considered a a fairly intelligent male in modern society. I watched a lot of TV and and I think that surprises people. But but believe it or not, I think it it helped me uh, appreciate that there were 
things in the world that I wouldn't have been exposed to if it weren't for that. And then, like I said, reading Sunday comics, I'm like, there's got to be some like in between because cartoons were great and some adult things were great. I'm, I'm not casting aspersions. My, my parents let me be exposed to a lot of stuff. Uh, but I'm like, there's got to be a like kind of a blend of this. And I didn't know what that meant. And then I started reading Superman comics. I'm like, oh, this is the sweet spot. This is where you get visual artwork. This is where you get to read a bit like, you know, like I said, the short, the super short, you know, Sunday comics, but in a little bit of a longer form, but not so much that it was too daunting. And the fact that sometimes it would deal with things that wasn't just for little kids. It was truly adult stuff that was packaged in mostly a child-friendly format. And when you mix all of those together, it was incredibly comforting. So that's kind of a long-winded way to say I love being a media junkie in all of, all of its formats. When podcasts came out, I'm like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing on earth. When YouTube came out, I'm like, how did I live without this? When, you know, every, every, iteration of something comes out i think this is it we we've, we've reached the apex of entertainment and something else still you know changes the dynamic so i i really get excited by that and comics so far and as we've seen with the mcu it's one of those things that seems to just translate no matter what i i just truly adore that i know that even if you don't have the full background in history and and do the collecting i don't not not nearly to the level that anthony does but I still appreciate that at any one point I do deep dives. I will say, hey, I haven't read anything about this character in a long time. And I will just binge on graphic novels of whatever story arc and what, you know, whatever thing, even if I barely even heard of it, somebody recommends it, I'll write it down and then later on pick it up and, and just take up all of my free time with it. So I don't know if I actually answered the question per se, but that's that's the answer you're going to get. No, I think that's a that's a fantastic answer. You know, uh, great stories are great stories. And regardless of the medium, regardless of the, the characterization, I think if you can tell a story that's relatable in a in a manner that impacts people and it's and it's well told and well crafted and there's there's emotion uh, and and development throughout, then I think people will will flock to it. And and that's something that I I think a lot of people need to be reminded of that that certain things are classified as genres when they're mediums. You know, comics is not a genre, it's a medium. Animation is not a genre, it's a medium. And this infantilization of certain mediums to diminish them, I think does does everyone a, a disservice. So um, that kind of upsets me when I say, oh, it's animation. It's for kids. Well, not really. Oh, it's comic books. It's for kids. Again, not really. I think great stories are great stories. As long as they're told well and they resonate, then there will be an audience for them. Chris uh, says we've distracted him for editing long enough. Looking forward to making great content with both of you in the future. Uh, so, yes, go check out uh, playcomics.com. I have uh, guested on the show once or twice. I forget at this point. Um, and I'm also doing a uh, a recurring guest spot on Legends of Shield, which is co-hosted by Chris, um, to talk about the Moon Knight TV show, which we will get into more uh, next week when we cover uh, Moon Knight again for the second time. So, uh, so thanks for everything y'all do, uh, and have a big hug too. Um, and Doc, you definitely need to get on that show. Yes, yes, and and 
that's a perfect example of when I say like, I really need to step it up. Unfortunately, work steps it up too. So it it limits the opportunities. But no, I am totally open to to doing that because I know their premise and it's truly awesome. Yes. And uh, I know Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss also wants you on the show. You're going to make more time. And just, you know, just disregard work, blow it off. Or, you know, you don't really need to see your wife and, and daughter. She's 10. She's old enough. She's self-sufficient at this point. She doesn't need you anymore. <laughs> um, so the next couple questions came to Doc from his coworkers. And uh, as such, they will all be anonymous, but uh, I will let him take over. Okay. So the first one, since Anthony is a lawyer, would he represent you in court for a malpractice case? So I'll just jump in and say the, the immediate answer is no. Uh, and there's multiple reasons for that. And no, it's not because he's my best friend. Anthony isn't that kind of attorney. So it's just not in his wheelhouse. That's all. Uh, not that I would even, to be honest, even if he were, I don't think I'd be willing to impose that because of our relationship. And I, I, I would hate to tie something serious like that to an obligation that he has. Like, I feel like that's, that's way too close to blending worlds. That's a, you know, that sounds like a storyline, you know, I, do, I don't need that. I, I don't think either one of us would need that. So like I said, short answer, no, longer answer, hell no. You, you literally, and this goes to, to speaks volumes about the nature of our friendship and our relationship. My literal words that I was going to use is short answer, no, long answer, hell no. And it's because I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even exaggerating. That was literally going to be the words out of my mouth. So you are not just a, uh, you know, you're not just a mental health professional. You are also uh, telepathic. And that's why you're such a damn good doctor, because you could just get in there and read the thoughts of the patients and go, okay, this is actually what's happening. Um, no, but seriously, I, I am an attorney but I practice estate planning. So, so that is my area of expertise. I have family members that come to me and ask me questions about the law all the time. And my response is overwhelmingly, that's not anything that I'm comfortable in answering. I would rather give you no advice than bad advice. And so I would always say, based on my First blush opinion, this may be some of the areas that you want to ask a professional, another professional about that's like, this is kind of my take on it, my read of the situation. But in terms of offering to represent anybody, no, no. And, and MedMal is such a specific area of the law to practice and it's constantly evolving and changing. I want nothing to do with that. I mean, estate planning is, is typically also uh, tends to, tends to shift, but the shifts tend to be more, th they're bigger shifts, but they're fewer apart, you know? So it's like every couple of years, like there'll be like this one big change and then it'll just kind of be stagnant for a while, you know, with minor, minor things here and there, obviously I still continue to do my continuing education, but all that to say, no, I would never, I would, I wouldn't touch that with a 39 and a half foot pole. Nice, nice. Uh, now, here's something that's interesting that just popped into my head with this. In an alternate universe, there is a situation where I actually do my, like I said, my 
in theory, encore career with financial planning, which does include estate planning. And Anthony still sticks with the attorney stuff and actually builds up his own practice purely of that. And we actually are working together in that capacity where I'm referring him people that need help on that end while I work on the rest of their financial plan. So that's a, you know, that's, that's something that has happened somewhere else before incursions happened. And I'm, yeah, I'm going off the rails here. <laughs> it's okay. This kind of episode, I'm not really sure that there are rails to begin with, but uh, interesting question. Yeah. Is there any time when you recommend comics to your patients? Anonymous. Uh, no, I, I have not recommended specific comics to patients. What I do, though, and it's not just with comics. I, I know I've said this in other episodes, especially with people that are very guarded. I try and find an in. So one of my go to questions is because we always ask about coping mechanisms. But I say, you know what? Don't worry about the baggage or the burden of saying that they're coping mechanisms. What do you do for fun? What do you what do you enjoy? And I'll get the generic thing. I like music or I read books or something like that. If a person goes so far as to say they read comics, all right, I'm in. I'm diving. And I'll say, who are your characters? What's the latest thing you read? Do you have anything on a pull list? Do you go online? Do you subscribe to anything? Do you equate that with the movies of whatever? Like all that. I will dive in. And the thing is, the reason I do that is not just because I'm being selfish and I'm looking for recommendations, which I am. I really just want people to know that there's an opportunity at every turn to make a genuine, friendly connection with someone. And once we get off the topic of medication or what's going wrong in their life or any of that stuff, and you can tap into the thing that puts a glint in their eye, that that's really amazing because just for that split second, they realize life can be worth something and you're able to reflect it to someone or able to, to just take a breath and show it. So that's what I do. I don't make recommendations about specific comics or anything like that. Uh, and I also don't BS it. If I don't know something, I'll just simply say, I don't know. Tell me about it. And that, and that can also still have a powerful impact. Uh, there, the one thing I did do was for a patient that was in the hospital for a very long time and said they liked comics and they liked a specific character. And I did get just randomly bought a graphic novel featuring that character. And they were really grateful for it. So that's as far as I've gone. But no, I don't make specific recommendations to patients. I think that's uh, it's an interesting answer to an interesting question. And as it is not related to me in any way, shape or form. <laughs> uh, I mean, I recommend comics to folks all the time, but I have no medical uh, responsibility to them or over them. So, well, I, I think I think for you in, in your equivalent would be. I mean, your work is totally unrelated to your main job is totally unrelated to comics. So I'm saying, do you have those types of discussions at work? I guess that would be the equivalent question for you. I would say that uh, to the extent that those kinds of conversations even come up with clients, I, I certainly make my feelings known. I don't think I have to shy away from them. But then again, like I said, it's because the, the nature of the relationship is so vastly different that there's, there's nothing holding me back from saying, yeah, I, you know, I like Moon Knight or I like Captain America or I like this book or I don't like that book. Like it makes no difference because at the end of the day, 
my recommendations are completely separate from anything that I would have to say about their estate plan. It's just, uh, you know, and then my other, my nine to five uh, with, with the state government, I talk comics with my coworkers all the damn time. So we're constantly talking about that stuff. On right. your taxpayer doc. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> I had to say it. I had to say it. Yeah. 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 Thanks. You're paying my salary while I get, while I sit around and uh, shoot the breeze about comics. Um, you mean during your lunch break, right? Wink, wink. Uh, yes. Yes. During my <laughs> lunch break. Um, All right. Go, sure. uh, go on to the next one. Okay. Are there any episodes that you would recommend starting with besides the first one? Anonymous. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to hear Anthony's answer on this, but I, I will start off. I would like to think that our format pretty much allows a person to jump in at any time because while we may have some threads here and there making references to other episodes, I think each episode, because they pretty much amount to a case study, they stand fairly well alone. Uh, so, so I don't know if I have a recommendation. I, I feel like this gets into dicey territory. I was like, okay, name your favorite episode or whatever, you know, or, or, or things like that. And I, I, I really try not to do that because, and this is true for me in general. If there's something that I've done that I consider a part of my life's work, I do it. And that's it for me. Like it's, it's there, it's out there, you know, uh, you could enjoy it. You could not enjoy it, whatever. It doesn't bother me either way. So I, I don't rank and file things, really. If people jog my memory, I might have particular moments that stand out. But I, I really don't have specifics. Uh, I guess if you wanted to say, if you wanted to know why we make certain jokes, then you might want to start with ones. For example, you might want to start with Scott Summers, Cyclops. I mean, not because that's a great episode compared to the others it's just you understand scott's a dick so you know that would be an example but yeah i don't i don't know i don't have much else beyond that yeah my standard answer to that question is always find a character you like and listen to that one and then if you like what we talk about then go back and find others not every episode is going to resonate with every single listener and as the guy who looks at the download stats sometimes in an unhealthy manner, you know, like way more often than I should, that that mindset reflects in the downloads. And and I've I've gotten better at that because I understand not every episode is gonna hit the same way. That if it's a big name, we're gonna see giant downloads. If it's a, you know, smaller name character or I hate to say this, even a creator interview, then they tend to be smaller downloads. So for me to make the recommendation about any particular episode other than the first one, and I would even say like, I, it's kind of sad slash funny, but I'm at the point where I'm like, our first couple episodes eh, kind of suck. Not that they're bad, but we've, we've grown so much since then. And we've, we've changed so much, not the least of which is the audio quality, if nothing else, but just the, the way in which we, we process things like our, our formula, uh, has, has grown and evolved. So we are not the same show that we were four years ago, 
And we're probably not going to be the same show two, three, four years from now that things are going to be different. Um, and I would hope so. You know, it's one of the, I guess one of the common cliche maxims of podcasting is, you know, once you've been doing it a while, if you aren't embarrassed listening to your first episode, you've done something wrong. And it's just the sense that you should have evolved and gotten better over time. But if you're like, yeah, my first episode is great. We've done exactly the same. You know, we're no better since then, then, then you're doing it wrong. You know, I would say find the character that you like and, and go from there. And then depending on if you want, you know, are you looking for funny? Are you looking for deep hitting uh, emotional impact? Are you looking for philosophical discussions? Because whatever it is that you're looking for, we've got that, you know, and I'll make recommendations to people based on that. They're like, oh, I really want to laugh. And I'm like, well, then listen to Deadpool or Mojo or, you know, some of the jokey characters, you know, if you want emotion, you know, Roy Harper, that one episode, I'm constantly referencing that one in terms of, of the emotional impact or the Carol Danvers episode uh, was another really heavy one. We've run everything in between. So it, it kind of just all depends on uh, what you're looking for. But uh, it's a great question. Okay. So let's get to the next mm. question. <sighs> Sorry. Must have forgotten to turn it off. Mm. You know what? Let me just check. It might be work. Mm. I don't recognize the number. Uh, it, it still could be work. Uh, hello? Hello, Dr. Issues. Uh, who is this? You tried to get me to move on, but all that did was cause me greater grief. So now I'm back to have my revenge. Not just on Superman, but on you. Hank Henshaw? I never tried to get you to move on from Terry. I simply told you to focus your energy. Uh, sorry, no pun intended. Uh, you know, on a healthier way to honor her memory. I tried that. I worked on creating a permanent tribute to her online. I made that Instagram profile of her. And it worked for a while. I was going to use her internet fame to support organizations that she cared about. You know what happened? Crypto Bros took her pictures, turned them into NFTs, and started selling them online. So I found every single one of them and killed them all, and then turned my attention to you. Dear God, man. I thought about killing you, but that would be too easy. Plus, there's a good chance that Blue Bastard would come and rescue you. So I opted to hurt you in another way. If you harm my family, Oh no, Doc, this is much worse than that. You know, it's funny how simple it is to break past encryption when you're living inside the system. All these patient files, each one tells a story. You can't do that. Don't tell me what I can't do. I'm Hank Henshaw, and I'm beholden to no man. Say, these files are so interesting. I think the rest of the world should have the opportunity to see what you wrote here. Don't you dare. Oh, you think this is a comic book where you can stop me? I already released the files online, Doc. Good luck trying to get the toothpaste back in the tube now. Ha 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 ha. Uh, everything okay, bro? No, definitely not. I need to get back to my office now. I have to make a few phone calls. <laughs> Come on, pick up, pick up, pick up. Hello? Oh, Tony, thank goodness you picked up. Uh, I'm sorry, who is this? It, it's Dr. Issues. We had a therapy session a few years ago. I, I don't know if you remember. Oh, I remember you. Kinda. We didn't really split it so much as you drank it and then split. Anyway, listen, I, I need your help. One of my clients, a really bad dude, he got into my patient files and released them all online. I, I need to get them off the internet and make sure that no one has access to them again. Oh boy, that is quite a quandary. So you're telling me that your files on every single one of your patients, including me, is now out there online? Yes, but... Interesting. 
Jarvis, bring up my file. I'm not sure that's a wise course of action, sir. Listen, if I'm going to help the doctor here, I need to know what I'm dealing with. Tony, please, just... Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, just hold on just a sec. We don't have time. The sooner we get started on this, the sooner we can shut this down and stop everyone else from reading the files. Yes, because heaven forbid anyone learn that you think they're, uh, what was it again, a narcissist who uses alcohol as a means of self-medication to avoid addressing past traumas. Did I have that right? Tony, you were drinking in the session and left because you got bored of things. It, it's not pretty to read, but I stand by my assessment. I also indicated you performed great things in spite of that. Well, in spite of your compliment, I'm going to tell you to kiss my ass, Doc. Find another lackey to help you clean up your mess. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to exercise my demons with a little racquetball. And the only drinking I'll be doing is my C4 energy drink. Happy? Not really. I, I mean... Wasn't talking to you. Happy, bring the car around. And my gym bag better not smell like the insides of your shoes again, or so help me, I will... Damn it! <sighs> okay, okay. Who, who else? Who else can I call? Oh, oh, I know, I know. Doctor Issues. What the? You have been summoned. Uatu. Not now. This was not a request. No! I, I need to get back to Earth. Do you know what I'm dealing with? Of course I know what is happening. I foresaw this whole thing. I thought you couldn't see the future. I cannot, but I can see all actions happening across the universe at once, and I can predict with a high rate of probability what will occur. Your dismissal of Hank Henshaw was likely to drive him to seek revenge. I didn't dismiss him. I simply... We're getting off topic. Why am I here? I am forbidden from interfering in the actions of others. I am merely an observer. First off, that's ridiculous. You've interfered I don't know how many times. Secondly, bringing me here to the moon is... Interference by itself. If you wanted to observe, you could have just left me on Earth. Oh, is this upsetting to you? Does this make you mad? Yes, it does. Well, now you have a mild inkling of how I feel. I bore of your incessant jokes about watching people masturbate and engaging in various sexual encounters. So you dragged me up here in the middle of the biggest professional and personal crisis I've ever encountered just because you're mad I made jokes about you. Yes. What the hell, man? You're an interdimensional being with the powers of a god. Why are you so focused on being this petty? Because I can, that's why. Can you just send me back, please? You, you, you made your point. Fine, but if I hear you making one more Uatu is watching you joke, I will teleport you to a region of space where you will never be found. And here's a middle finger. I hope you can see this, because I'm doing it as hard as I can. That was not fun. Also, why do I feel like he's flipping me off? Anyway, I, I need to get to the office. Let me check. All right, Uber. Uh, 17 minutes? No, that's, that's too long. Um, oh, 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 great. First, first bit of good luck. Okay, taxi! Where to, pal? The central office plaza downtown is step on it. Sure thing, buddy. Oh, thanks. Say, you look kind of familiar. Do I know you? Mm, you know, I don't remember you, but uh, I'm pretty good at remembering folks. You know, I've been told I just have one of those faces. Uh, you sure? I'm not good with a lot of names or anything, but I seem to recall meeting you at some point. Uh, not so often you encounter folks with a Chicago accent here. Uh, you know, we're more common than you realize. I mean, we move all over the place. Okay, that's fair. I grant you that. Grant? Oh, my, I detest when this occurs. What the? 
Oh, great. Of all the taxis I had to find. Rest assured, good sir, this is equally embarrassing to me as it is to you. Somehow I don't think that's the case. Ah, yes, you're referring to the incident with the patient files. You know about that already? Yes, the matter was brought to my attention earlier by my social media team. I received an alert when my name popped up in trending files. I had to send my PR staff into high alert to address some of the more, shall we say, unsavory aspects. Jeez, I don't even recall saying anything that bad. I guess it's just the specter negativity that you have to deal with. Specter? Ah, shit, now I'm in charge. Come on, Jake, where are we supposed to be going? Wait, who am I talking to now? And, and what do you mean, where are we going? Don't you share this info between identities? What would be most comforting for you to hear? If that's how you're asking the question, I have a feeling no answer is actually going to be comforting. Well, not gonna lie to you, Doc, you're not that wrong. Truth is, when this happens, I just kind of drive around in circles and hope that Jake sees something familiar enough that he takes the wheel again, literally and figuratively. Uh, okay, I, I don't have time for this. Just just stop the car. But what about- yeah, Talk to Steven. I'm sure he can afford to pick up the tab. Well, I'm, I'm not that far away. I guess I can walk. Uh, so in the meantime, okay, uh, uh, pick up, Bruce, pick up. If you feel the need to leave a voicemail, you're not using the proper channels. Contact the right people and they'll alert me accordingly. Uh, damn it, Bruce. All right, uh, uh, okay, he meant that. Uh, all right, all right, next one. Uh, come on, Dick. about neither. Okay, let's try Jason? Hello? Jason? It, it's Dr. Issues. Oh, I was wondering if you'd call. Listen, I, I need help. So in your greatest moment of need, you reach out to someone hoping they'll faithfully support you and assist you? Yes! Sure is a bitch when it doesn't work out in your favor, ain't it? What? No, 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 no. Oh. Fine. Guess I'll try Tim. Hello? Oh, thank goodness. Uh, Tim, I... Ha <laughs> gotcha! Thought I was answering the phone. Oh man, I'm sure you're probably pretty pissed at me. Which you would tell me, except I'm not available right now. So, go ahead and leave me a message, and I'll call you back. Oh, that is not cool, Tim. <sighs> I guess I'm now up to Damien. I'm sorry but the person you called has a voicemail box that has not been set up yet. Goodbye. Oh, come on! Uh... Wait, 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 do I have her number? Yes, yes, oh, oh, please, please. Hello? Hello, Stephanie? Who is this? My name is Dr. Issues. I've worked with several of your colleagues. Oh? Dick, Jason, Tim... Bruce? You know, they no, all... I mean, who are you? I'm... I'm Dr. Issues. I'm their psychiatrist. Never heard of you. Wait, what? And how did you get this number? Because they... I, I... I mean, you're... Please don't call me again. So much for that angle. Um, wow. Uh, who else can I call? It's so hard to find good help these days. Oh, no. What's the matter, Doc? You look like you just watched a man die. Here, 
Let me get you a mirror so you can see it up close. Nope, that's sticking around for this one. <laughs> oh, but we have a lot to talk about. I need to fill you in on the team of professionals you set up for me. They've been rotating around for quite some time. Or at least I imagine they have. Who knows how much weight a ceiling fan can support. After the third body, they tend to get a little dicey. <laughs> Dear God. The Korean doctor took it especially hard. All that time she thought fan death wasn't real, right up until the end when the blades hit her neck. Come on, is, is there anyone who can help me? It's funny. You wrote in my notes that I needed to stay isolated because I'd be less of a threat. And yet who's the one who's all alone right now? It would be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. But you know what? I think I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> oh, oh. Doctor? Oh, are, are you all right? North Star, what are you doing here? I read the report, and I decided to march over right away to talk to you about it. As I approached, I saw that insane clown assaulting you, so I thought I'd take care of him first, and I asked questions later. Look. Well, sure, I'm glad to see you. I need to get back to my office right away so I can... Access my files. Bienvenue. Now, about what you wrote. No, not now, North Star. I mean, this is really a bad time. No, Doctor. You will not brush me off. Ça prend tout mon petit change just to have this discussion. I thought I did the right things. Said the right things. Be you right that I am self-absorbed and focused on my image. Why would I come to you for help if not to get better? Did, did you call Carlis? Look, Jean-Paul, I appreciate that you're really fired up about this, and I'll be happy to talk this over with you at a later time. But clearly, I've got major problems to address right now, so can we table this discussion? I'm not talking about this with you on a table, on a couch, or anywhere, Steve. I know you get confused when I speak in French, so let me be clear. Kiss my ass, Doctor. Uh, well, at least I'm in my office and I can focus on... Ooh, ooh maybe this could... Hello? I need to speak to Dr. Issues right away. This is urgent. This is he. You answer your own phone? What kind of two-bit operation are you running? And I think I wasted good time and worse yet good money talking to you. Who is this? This is Jake Donor Jameson. What do you want, Jameson? I'm kind of in the middle of something. Yes, I know. That's why I'm calling. The story is breaking news and I'm asking no demanding an exclusive interview for TNM. My professional life is falling apart around me. You think I'm going to take time answering questions? Of course. Give you a chance to get your side of the story out before things go too far. Who cares about being right? What matters is being first. Remember, people read headlines, not retractions. That says a lot, both about you and the media business as a whole. But I'm not interested right now, okay? I need to find someone who could stop this from spreading across the web. I think I have someone in my office who can help with web stuff. Analog! Where the hell is Derek? I need someone to shut down the internet. That's not how this works, Jonah. I don't pay you to argue with me. I pay you to get things done. And at the rate you're going, you're lucky I pay you at all. Goodbye, Jonah. And another thing. Okay, now to look up how to take things off the internet. Gonna duck, duck, go this. Last thing I need is more stuff getting traced back. What the? Of all the unbelievable things I have to deal with on a daily basis. The unmitigated gall you must possess to disrespect me like this. I might not be the smartest hero, or the flashiest, or even the bluest, but I deserve better than this. 
Tick, what are you? It's like you don't even know who I am. After all this time we've known each other, I thought some common courtesy would have been established. Sure, people make mistakes here and there, and you brush them under the rug, because that's what good cleaners do. Not the expensive ones, obviously, but the quality ones who take a little extra time to spit on the washcloth before scrubbing your toilet to give it that extra sheen. But something like this, I feel personally insulted to have even received associated with my good name. Tick, I promise you, what I wrote on your patient form was completely professional, and it was never intended to be read publicly. But my system was hacked, and all my confidential patient files are all over the internet now. I, I sincerely apologize. I didn't see that when I filled out the section for pickup. What are you talking about? Wait, what are you talking about? I'm talking about my order. I specifically requested carnitas in my burrito, and you give me barbacoa? Do I look Puerto Rican? What the hell are you talking about? I've been coming to this Chipotle every day for the past two years, and I sit in the same This is not a Chipotle. Not with service like this, it isn't. Get out. Fine. But first, I'll be leaving you a sternly worded review on Welp. That... Just go. And your decor is appalling. It's like you don't even want my business. The door is open. Okay. Now, if I could please just get back to work. How the f*** are you still alive? Homelander. Oh, jeez. Not you too. I punched your skull off your f***ing neck. There's no goddamn way you should be living. I don't have the time or the patience to explain this to you. Is it because I'm a, a, what was the phrase you used? Completely unreachable sociopath? No, but that's not inaccurate. Do you hear yourself when you speak? I have super hearing, but everyone is going to be able to hear you scream before you die. Ah, someone help me. I'll catch you. Ah, 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 ah. Why are you shouting? Are you hurt? Are you okay? Ah, 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 I'm sorry, Isaiah. Getting thrown out a window isn't something you get over quickly. How do you know me? I talked to you a while ago. I, I guess you don't remember me. Was it a nice talk? Yes. Yes, it was. Good. Are you fucking shitting me? I toss you out the goddamn window, and of all the things to happen, you end up getting caught by this big, dumb nigga. I don't like those words. You hurt my friend. Be careful, Isaiah. He's a very mean person and very strong. I can take care of bullies. You have a nice day now. <sighs> Is that all you got, you stupid mother... I said I don't like those words. I'm just going to take advantage of this and take off. <sighs> Come on, Bruce. Please pick up, pick up, pick up. Going somewhere, Doctor? <sighs> no, I guess I'm not. Not like when you tried to send me back to Ravencroft, or the Vault, or any of the other places you tried to throw me away and forget about me. Cletus, you need help. More help than I can personally provide. Yes, I know. I had such a wonderful talk with Victor last week about you. Victor? Um... Oh, no. Oh, yes. Your name comes up an awful lot lately, even before this little report of yours was released. We all have our own ideas about ending you. Victor's was one of the more colorful ones I've heard, and he's got a special place for you all saved up. Yes, he told me about it. Jim Jr., Roman, Waylon, Mr. Blake. 
We've had some fantastic conversations about what we'd do if we ever got the chance to have a special session with you. And what with all the alone time I've had lately, I've been ruminating quite a bit about it. Lucky me. But you know what the major difference is between me and them? Let me guess. You actually are going to be the one who's pulling it off. How dare you steal that opportunity from me? I was building up. It was a whole thing. It's like you don't even know how this is supposed to work out. The one time I decide I'm going to embrace the theatricality they talk about, then you go ahead and steal my thunder. This is why I just kill people right away. There's no chance for backtalk. I should just stick to the basics. Yes, yes, it's it's me, Booster Gold. Please, please, hold your applause until I'm finished saving you, Doc. None to be had, Booster. Who the hell is this clown? The name's Booster Gold. You don't know it yet, but I'm about to make a big impact on you. Specifically, my foot is about to impact your ass. Don't say that out loud. Oh, it's fine, Doc. I've already seen how this plays out. You end up fine. If you saw this already, why didn't you stop it before it happened? What is going on here? I got caught up with some Justice League business. I mean, you know how it is, flying around the world, saving multiple timelines. It does take its toll, and uh, I needed some me time. You're a time traveler. Literally all you have is me time. And yet I managed to take time out of my busy world-saving schedule to come here and save the world just for you. And before you say it, you're welcome. So please, do it. Now. Well, if that's the case, what's the rush? I mean, you just told me I have all the time in the world, so theoretically I can leave and just come back. Did you research this guy at all? (laughs) Who does research? Serial killer. So are we talking like Count Chocula or... Alien-powered psychopath. Oh, so like John when we run out of Oreos in the Watchtower. Would you just hit him already? Jeez, you're in a hurry. Okay, okay. Stand aside, citizen. Booster Gold is here. Now I'm going to... Wait, where's the camera? I want to make sure they get my good... Oh! Ah, Shut up, you bloviating buffoon! Now where did the good doctor go? Good, Good thing I remembered to tie my shoes this morning. Dr. Issues, might I interest you in a ride? I see no rational alternative, Mr. Fisk. Nor do I. And yet here we are. Please come in. If only to get away from another psychopath. So kind of you to join me. Is is that blood on the floor? Remnants of the last person who chose to ignore a recommendation of mine. Unfortunately, given the circumstances, I haven't had the opportunity for a full detailing yet. Regardless, that is not why we are here. Let me guess. You're mad about... Wait. All right, all right. Although we may have our differences, you already know about me. Heck, you already saw your file, so... So so what is it, then? I understand your hesitation to work with me, given the nature of our last conversation. Rest assured, as long as things remain cordial, no one's family members need be involved. Then why even bring them up? Because in light of everything that has happened, I felt it important to remind you of who I am. Okay. You know I am a man of many resources. Resources that, in this particular instance, could provide useful in eliminating traces of these files from the internet and the computers of anyone who might possess them. You're rich. Got it. What's that got to do with me? Despite those resources, I am not without my limits. That is where you come in. What could I provide that you can't buy yourself? Daredevil. 
if you saw my file on you, you definitely read my file on him. What more do you need from me? It is not the information I need, Doctor. You have access to him. A relationship. Trust. Whoa, if you think that's the best level of trust possible, then you'll still have a really hard time getting access to him. But his Catholic guilt can be manipulated quite easily to obtain a future session with him. All I need is for you to bend that to your will. Name the time and place, and I assure you everything else will be taken care of. I'm thinking. Uh... Hmm. All right, you're having me do this after an information breach that would mysteriously be cleaned up. Something tells me even a blind man could see that setup coming a mile away, and that's without all the other senses that come into play. I was under the impression you would be more perceptive to this offer, given your current lack of allies or assistance. Well, I'm letting you know, you know, you'd become persona non grata for somehow changing this one opportunity that everyone had against me, and you stole it from them. Are you sure you want that? Are you suddenly concerning yourself with my welfare and the consequences that would come from me helping you? Even for a medical professional, this seems beyond the norm. Dude, at this point, my self-preservation is paramount to anything else on my mind. I can see this was a waste of my time. Consider this business offer rescinded. (sighs) Tuck and roll saves another life. Yet, I'm still no closer to finding answers. For someone to help me. Is that you, Doc? Doreen? Hey, how are you? You mean you don't know? Oh, of course I know. It's the big story now on Chitter. Chitter? It's the social media network for squirrels. They actually came up with a name before Twitter. But no one will let squirrels own a trademark, and the bird lobbyists got involved. It got really messy. Right. Anyway, you're going through a pretty rough time, and I just wanted to tell you I'm sorry that you're hurting. Like you say, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Thanks. It's actually nice to talk to someone who's not super pissed at me for what I said in their file. I'm assuming you read what I wrote. I did. I have to say, I understood why you said what you did, and I appreciate your honesty. Oh? Yeah. I stepped back from the babysitting thing a bit. It was getting to be a bit much with everything else going on. I'm glad to hear it. Cut back from 40 hours a week to 39. That's it? Yeah, and let me tell you, it was rough. Didn't know what to do with that hour. All that free time was crazy, so I opted to volunteer at a soup kitchen. I... Feels good to give back. But enough about me. You're still struggling with that whole personal data leak thing. Yep, and I'm so glad that I have your superpowered support, right? Right? Oh, I'd love to help, but I don't know the first thing about computers and stuff. I mean, I still have a flip phone. And my squirrel friends, well, there are a lot of them, but they can't chew through all of that fiber optic cable. Do you realize how much property damage that would cause? Well, thank you for the practicality. To be candid, I just don't know what in the hell I'm supposed to do. You know what they say. Speak the devil's name and he shall appear. What? Ah! 
sorry I couldn't be more helpful. Welcome to hell, Doc. Ah, get me out of here! No sense screaming. No one down here can help you or hear you. It's not for them, it's for me. Why did you bring me here? I felt this place was actually less judgmental than being above right now. Much as I appreciate the gesture, I need to get out of here. What's that old chestnut of advice? When you're in a hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. That actually makes a lot of sense. But I still have to find a way to address what's going on up there, and staying in hell is making it worse. <sighs> wow, there's a sentence I never thought I'd have to say. I understand. Well, I tried. Hopefully that counts for something. Both with you and whoever else is keeping score. Appreciate it. So let me just... What? Malabulja's back, and he's still pissed off after the last time I killed him. You need to go, now. So send me back up there. I can't right now. It's a lengthy process, and I can't afford to keep myself vulnerable for that long. You'll have to find another way. Now run! Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I just need to find a friendly face here. How about a familiar one? John, what are you doing down here? Oh, a little of this, a little of that. The question is, what are you doing here? Spawn dragged me down here, and then he got attacked, and I started running, and I need to get out of here. Please help! And why should I help you? After all, you thought I sounded like a bad beetle impersonator. Wait, what? How? how? That wasn't even in the file! Not every truth is written down, love. Whatever. Look, I'll, I'll wear a Liverpool jersey to my next session. I don't care. Just get me out of here! That's the spirit. Before you go, indulge me. When you walk through a storm. Now. All right, all right, we'll sing later. This will just take a moment, love. Nikurin Siago Sakasha. Bakton. That was not fun. Okay, Doc. Okay, what's the next step? because I feel like I've been at this forever and I'm still no closer to finding an answer. Maybe I can help? Selena? Why? You know me. I like to whip up a solution to a problem. As much as I love puns, this is not the time. So either help me or get out of my way. Oh, so serious all of a sudden. You're almost as bad as Bruce. Look, if you're here to make jokes... Fine. I can hack into a couple of mainframes and shut down major internet pathways. It's not a complete solution, but it will help stop the spread. That... That's one of the first helpful ideas I've heard all day. You're very welcome. Wait, why do I feel like there's a catch here? Why, Doctor, you wound me with your implication. It's sore because it hits the spot. Uh, okay. Your office is directly above a financial trading company. They have extensive resources, but they're taking advantage of a local indigent community and forcing them out so they can build another bland high-rise. I need you to get me into the building so I can... Obtain some leverage over them. You little. So you take care of my immediate professional quandary and place me squarely in the middle of another one. I don't see how this works out in my favor. Come on. I scratch your back 
you scratch mine, and my claws know how to dig deep. If I didn't know any better, I'd say that sounds like a setup for blackmail, plus possible RICO charges for conspiracy, not to mention the clear B&E, likely burglary. I mean, the felony charges alone would eat up at least three of those nine lives you've got, right? I don't say this often, but I'm glad to see a lawyer hanging around. Thanks, Jen. Goddamn lawyers ruin everything. You're no fun. You're calling me no fun? That's a first, at least since Aaron stopped writing me. Also, that's a pretty rich statement coming from someone dressed like a Judy Dench's body double. Such a low blow. I expected more from you. Sorry to disappoint. If you leave now, I'll make sure they drop the charges. Keep talking, though, and I'll be ethically bound to cooperate with the investigation. The ass-kicking will just be a bonus. This, this is why no one likes lawyers. You're all the same. All the same? I'm eight feet tall and green. Aside from my cousin, who else is even remotely close to me? Okay, I think I'm gonna let you two sort this out. Ho, ho, ho. Ooh, that is it. The heels are coming off. Hey, ladies. Okay, let's try Bruce again. What? No. And here's the star of our show, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Issues himself. Mojo, are you Hey, watch the language, Doc. This is a primetime show. Gotta keep it family friendly. What show are you talking about? Why, Doc on the Run, of course. It's the hottest new reality show in the Mojoverse. We've been watching you this whole time. Gotta say, loving all the twists and turns so far. But it's starting to feel a little stale at this point. I mean, how many times can you run into patients of yours who offer nothing but cliched phrases or try to kill you? You have to keep your audience guessing what's going to happen, but suncasting really only works during sweeps. This isn't a reality show. This is real life. I don't give a damn about your ratings. Of course you think it is. That's why your delivery is so great. But I'm not loving that last line. I mean, it's fine, but we'll have the writers come up with something and you'll record an ADR session during editing. Gotta punch it up a bit. Maybe curse a little. We'll bleep you out and use it in the commercial. Oh, and speaking of punching, let's see what we can do about getting you involved in the fisticuffs. I mean, no sense having everyone else fight around you. Let's see how well you can hold your own in a fight. I don't have time for this, and I'm certainly not fighting for your amusement. Oh, but don't you realize, Doc? Everything is for our amusement. Your fans adore you. Like, like this charming young fellow attached to his phone over here. Please, tell Doc how much you love his work. Please, kill me. Ungrateful whelp, I'll have you executed. But slowly, I'll turn it into a miniseries. Anyway, back to Doc. Let's knock down this fourth wall and see what you're made of. Wait a minute, that's not supposed to happen. Quick, get a camera over there and see what's going on. Camera three, whip pan right now. This isn't Earth Prime. Oh boy, ladies and germs, we've got an unexpected development here. Some jackass wearing a Superman costume has arrived. Say, lad, this is a closed set. I don't know who the hell you are, but no one orders me around. This is my show and I'm the one giving orders here. What kind of world is this where people take orders from some overweight half cyborg spider looking thing? This is the Mojoverse, and it's where you die. Yeah, let me jump through this portal real quick. Yoink. Okay, no fighting, no Mojo, no Superboy Prime. This is already a plus. 
Oh, hello there. Ah! You're awfully loud. Eeyore? Hi, Doctor. How'd I end up in the Hundred Acre Wood? And why don't you seem shocked? Don't know. I was just sitting here because I was supposed to have lunch with everyone. But it seems like they forgot me. Again. At least someone is here to talk to me. I'm very sorry. However, I have bigger things to deal with right now, so I need to find a way out of here. That's fine. Go ahead and leave. Everyone else has forgotten about me. You're no different. No, it's not that. It's just... <sighs> Maybe this is all a test. Maybe I should be taking time to help others, and that's how I'll end up getting help myself. So, Eeyore, let's, let's take a second chat. You mean it? I do. I could use a break from the insanity for a moment. Let's just talk. Anything you want. Whatever you want. Thanks, Doc. Well, yesterday I thought I'd lost my tail again. Oh, that, that sounds unfortunate. Did you find it? Yep. That's great. Where was it? Into my hind end. Oh. Spent the whole day looking for it. I see. Is that it? Yep. Sure there's nothing else you want to talk about? Well, there is one other thing. You see, I... No, not again! Well, shit. Doctor Issues. You created a web of lies and pain and thought you could escape it. And where did that bring you? Back to me. Thanos, I... Spare me your pitiful speech. You have unleashed a power equal to that of the Infinity Gems. This puts you on a level close to me, and that is something I cannot permit to stand. I have no choice but to kill you. At this point, I barely have the desire to fight back. That is a shame, because I've been looking forward to this for a while, and hearing your cries for mercy would have made victory that much sweeter. As it is, I acknowledge your acceptance. Farewell, Doctor. Not so fast, Father. Nebula, your betrayal is disappointing, but not surprising. <laughs> Doctor, I have brought a ship. You can return to Earth. Great, so I can go back and face all the people who want to kill me. I am happy to kill you right now. That is exactly why you have to go back. If Thanos kills you, it will give him pleasure. And I cannot allow that to happen. This is not up to you, daughter. I have no qualms about killing you as a precursor to the doctor's death. Doctor, you must leave. Now, I will deal with my father. He will be made to suffer as he did to me. But I... This is not a request. You did me a favor. Allow me to return it to you. You shall not leave, Doctor. I will obtain the gems once again, and then I will bring you back here. Doctor, go! Fine, but how do I even operate this thing? It is programmed to warp you back to Earth. Just press the big yellow button. No, I will not be denied. Okay, here goes nothing. This is, this is too much. I... 
can record this. <clears throat> Hello, and welcome to Capes on the Couch, where comics get counseling. I'm Dr. Issues. I just wanted to say to everyone that's listened to all these episodes, thank you. I love you all. Through no intention of my own, there have been many things that have happened. I'm sure you've heard of them. I, I want to issue an apology to anyone and everyone. I don't have the proper words for this. I just, I don't know what to do. I have no idea how I'm even going to broadcast this because I'm probably banned from every source possible and I don't know how to get this to my co-host. But if anyone, if anyone hears... <sighs> Cease your incessant and unnecessary tears, Doctor. Your problem has already been resolved through the might of doom. Huh? Doom has wiped all traces of the files from the world. What? What? How? What? What? You are now also an honorary citizen of Latveria and will always have a place to reside, should you choose. What's the catch? There is no catch. This has already been accomplished. Doom seeks nothing further from you. I, I want to say thank you. And I will. But first, why? Many think Doom as tyrannical, including yourself. By this gesture, Doom's magnanimity will be preserved for all time. Well, I, I have to say And that... also because Richards was unable to arrive at a superior solution. And there it is. Once again, proving that none are superior to Doom. Of course not. Moving forward, your opinion of Doom will be one of gratitude and appreciation. Whatever previous opinion you had is now irrelevant. Honestly, at this point, I can't even disagree with you. But I have to ask, aren't you concerned about all the people who tried to kill me? I mean, the files are eliminated, but their memories aren't. People still remember what I said about them. And they'll know you're responsible for getting rid of them. They'll come for you. Let them try. Many have attempted to usurp Doom, and yet Doom remains. Uh, yep. Definitely not tyrannical at all. Doom senses some sarcasm. This gesture can be undone just as easily. Noted. As a humble citizen of Latveria, uh, my deepest appreciation, my liege. Your appreciation is noted, good citizen, and C I- Can I just ask one favor? You dare ask more of Doom than has already been provided? It, it, it's just, I need to get back home. Surely a simple task like this will not tax the might of Doom. Fine, be gone and return home. But be sure to spread the word that Doom is the one who did this for you. Oh, don't worry. I'm telling everybody. <laughs> oh, thanks, Doc. Oh, boy, that was strange. What the hell happened? Oh, man, it, it, it was nuts. I tried to call Batman, and then I was dragged to hell by Spawn, and Kingman had me in his limo, and I was... No, in I mean, this burner phone Batman gave you has been sitting here ringing off the hook the whole time, but, I mean, I didn't want to answer it because I figured it might explode or it was hardwired to your DNA or something. I mean, you know how crafty Batman is. Are you kidding me? That was so much fun to write and, and perform, and just everything involved with that was, man... That was, that was cool. I am so thankful to be a part of something like this. And I have no idea how it comes across listening to it, but 
Anthony can tell you, uh, when I have emotions, I really have emotions. That that part with the actual soliloquy near the end, that was from the heart, people. If I thought that my career was on the line, I probably would do something like that. Absolutely. And I think it came across. It's just, you know, that was 45 minutes. So this skit involved 29 characters of the 150, you know, 140 plus, give or take with Matt's themes and everything. 29 characters, though. When I initially pitched this to Doc, it was proposed that we incorporate every character we've done. And I opted not to do that for two reasons. One, just because of the difficulty and logistics of getting some of our guests that, that we've had over the years to, to do this. And also, this is a 45-minute skit, and we only had 29 characters. So to try and literally like multiply that times four, you know, on a conservative level, would have just been, uh, yeah, we're, it, it would have been talking, a three-hour episode. Yeah, we're talking Gone with the Wind, you know, as a podcast. Yeah, we're, we're talking the Snyder Cut as, <laughs> as a podcast, except I think ours is way better. Shots fired! Shots fired. Oh, all the Snyder fanboys are going to come after us now. They're going to review bomb this, this show. Thank yous, by the way. Speaking of the guests, thank yous so much. Major thank yous go out to Dr. Goku from Guardians MH for playing Northstar. Again, uh, Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss for playing Catwoman. Uh, my sister Angela played She-Hulk. Lisa from Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast uh, playing uh, Squirrel Girl. Uh, my wife did some voice work in there. And just like I said, to to write this down, I mean, just the the plotting of saying, what are some of the, the characters we can stick together that are just going to make for for fascinating combos? And then to be able to say, okay, let's ebb and flow this thing. Cause I didn't want it to just be all highs all the time that there needed to be some drama. There needed to be some humor. There needed to be emotion and just trying to figure out how to conduct all of this accordingly and just say, okay, this is going to happen. Then this, then this, then this, before we even got to the actual script, just the, the, the storytelling just the treatment for this alone was was quite a lot and i mean ultimately this comes down to i think 19 18 or 19 pages as a google document you'll see the, the show notes they're they're really freaking long because we have the whole the whole script it's going to be included in the show notes but we figured this was 150 you all have been absolutely amazing to us for the past four plus years and uh kind of wanted to give something back to you so this is what we came up with. And of course, remember when we did Batman last year and I was like, no one's going to want to, we, we can't sit down and write a, an hour long skit because <laughs> that's going to be really hard to do. Well, we came really, really close with this one. Man, and I give so much credit. I know I mentioned when we did the Batman skit, I give credit to anybody that writes shows or movies or or plays or any types of, of scripts for things. I'm like, how on earth do people do this all the time? Now I'm giving even more credit to actors and actresses and everyone else involved in production and, and all of the moving parts because holy crap, 
being the main event in something like this and having to read those lines, I'm grateful we had the script and we could just read it out. The idea of memorizing lines, making sure that you have the proper drama, pause, and everything else, that's insane. I, I, I don't even know how people can, can do that and make a career out of it on a regular basis. I, I am so, so impressed by anybody that can do that. That, that is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, this gets to scratch my acting itch, but to do this full time is wow. Yeah. As like Doc said, this is all the credit in the world to actors, voice actors, anybody that does the creative arts for a living. Kudos to y'all. So all that to say, next episodes uh, are not going to be nearly as entertaining as this one. I'm certain of that. Uh, next episode, we're a little behind. We had planned on doing this one to time it with the series premiere, but unfortunately with the hiatus and everything that got kind of pushed back. So episode 151 is going to be our first ever sequel episode, such as it is. We're going to do another episode on Moon Knight because the first episode was four years ago and a lot has changed for Mr. Spectre since then. So. We're going to cover what he's been up to now in the past four years. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that early episode. The audio quality sucks and we ad-libbed the skit, but there's still some some good stuff there. Uh, followed by Elsa Bloodstone, a fascinating character. And if you're like me and you love Next Wave, you're very familiar with Elsa. And then Matt's theme for holding out for a hero. No, we're not just going to spend an hour singing Bonnie Tyler although it is a epic kick-ass song. Uh, it's, it's a fun thematic episode, and I'm really looking forward to this because Doc and I are really going to get into the weeds on this. As always, you can find all of our episodes on our website, capesinthecouch.com. Reminder that for the month of April, podchaser.com is doing their reviews for good. For every review that is left on the website for a podcast, Podchaser will donate 25 cents to the World Kitchen uh, fun. I forget the exact name of it, but the money's going to go towards assisting Ukrainian refugees. And if podcasts re- respond to the review, they will double that. So if you haven't already, go to podchaser.com. Takes, you know, all of a minute to s- set up an account. Find us, leave us a review. We will read it on the show. And bonus for you is that if you email us at capesinthecouch at gmail.com with your rating and review, and uh, your address, we will send you a sticker as a way to say thank you. And you'll also be doing some good and helping out some folks that are very much uh, in need of it. Because again, uh, the Ukrainians definitely need our help. And uh, speaking as someone with Ukrainian heritage, it's heartbreaking to see what's happened to to that country. So go, go to podchaser.com and leave us the reviews. We'll read them on the show and uh, we'll get that forward and get that process going along. And again, thank you uh, to everybody who who took part, everybody who sent us questions, everybody who, you know, just tweeted and engaged with us uh, in the live chat. Thank you so much for your support and your your listening for the past 150 episodes. And God's willing, we'll be doing this in 150 more episodes and we can do another hour and a half <laughs> hour long <laughs> skit with whole new set of characters because we still got a lot of big names that we haven't covered yet. So we're, we're nowhere close to done. I'll just say that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll admit, I, I don't have any 
any puns per se uh, for for the end of this. I, I just want to remind everyone that when we say that this is a special episode, it's because you're the ones that make it special. So thank you for for listening. Uh, for those of you that are new to the show and you just feel like you got your mind completely cracked, then please understand that there's plenty more where that came from, both in our back catalog and with what we're doing in the future. So this is definitely, I, I really envy anybody that came in on this because I'm pretty sure they realized we are dealing with some interesting characters, and I don't just mean from the comics. <laughs> Amen to that, brother. And if you really like what you hear, go to patreon.com slash capes on the couch and subscribe. You can unlock some additional content there and uh, early access and a whole bunch of other good stuff. So with all that being said, uh, thank you again. We love you. We appreciate you for Doc Issues. I'm Anthony Sitko. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Capes on the Couch podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Dr. Issues is a psychiatrist, but he is not your psychiatrist and does not have knowledge of your individual situation. For any personal mental health concerns, please consult your own health care providers. For medical emergencies, please call 911 or the designated number in your area immediately. Remember that you are not alone and help is out there.